Good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, And most importantly, have fun doing it. We are back and better than ever. I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. We welcome you back to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, the professional vacation rental management podcast. And Sarah, how are things out west today? We got a foot of snow in the last 24 hours. So I didn't tell you, I went skiing this morning and let one of my kids play hooky. Wow. Good day out west. I'm a cool mother. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> well, we're still suffering through February on this end, but it will be over soon, and March will be upon us in spring, and Easter will be here before you know it, and soon after that, summer. So we're excited. And so lots of reservations being taken, and so that's our topic today. The booking episode, we'll call it. But before we do that, some shout-outs to some of our peeps out there. I saw Adam Norco from Point Central. He said he has not missed a podcast yet. He looks forward to it every time. Then we had our friend Claire at Sand to Sea in Galveston, Texas. And she gave us a shout-out about our hiring episode. And one of the points she made, I love, I just want to tell everybody about it, which is, She has potential employees. She puts them on a computer in their lobby when they're interviewing and gives them a few emails of questions that guests might ask and has them respond to them. There's no right or wrong answer, but that way she can see how they use a computer and how they write and their tone in emails. I thought that was brilliant. Fantastic tip. And then finally, Carrie, speaking of fantastic tips from Tybee Island, Georgia, who followed up with us after the decor episode and gave us at least enough content to do two more decor episodes. I'll tell you what, they have it down there at Tybee Island. And Carrie's actually done some presentations, and she shared some of her stuff, and it was spot on. So thanks for listening, Carrie, and thanks for taking our opinion on that stuff. So good stuff. Great. Let's start into our five foundations, how to do reservations like a pro. Even though we're calling it foundations and it's what you build your entire business on, because if you don't have bookings, you ain't got nothing, right? (laughs) Exactly. We're going to dig into some of these because we all think we have it dialed in and the most dialed in company still needs to look at this all the time. You can't decide to check that box, right, Tim, and think you have it set. Are you referring to anything that uh, may have happened in the last week or so? No. Okay. All right. Audience, you need to know that Tim and I challenged each other and we both called in and made a fake booking at each other's company. And we just want to start off by saying we recommend you find a peer and do this with another company because I learned a lot from being a guest calling in 
and I think Tim did too. And then we also learned a lot about how our reservationists, how our vacation planners, whatever you may call them, how they are explaining your area and just hearing it from another perspective was very powerful to us. It really was. We've talked many times about holding the mirror up in this broadcast or this podcast, and this was really revealing is all I will say. And so I think everyone thinks they have the best reservations team there is. And, oh, yeah, we've checked off that box reservations training. Oh, no, we don't need that anymore. Uh, Yes, you do. (laughs) So let me just say, it didn't go as well for either of us as we had hoped, but we have embraced it as a learning experience, and the people we encountered were wonderful, but there's always room for improvement. And I do want to say, because my staff listens to the podcast, I do have the best vacation planners (laughs) in the world. They tirelessly answer the phone, answer emails every day. But even they will, I think they'll agree that we always can hone our craft and think about how to say things a little differently that makes us more and more likely to win over a guest and get them to book. So let's get into it, Tim. Mm -hmm. And do you want to explain a little bit about how online bookings have replaced phone calls slightly, but how that still is so important, what happens on the phone call. Well, it is. I think traditionally you would think about reservation sales agents or reservationists or vacation planners or vacation specialists, whatever you call those people who are the ones that turn lookers into bookers, it has changed for them. I don't know about you, Sarah, but I have seen our inbound call volume drop off the table over the last five years. Ditto. And so online... I think probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 90% of our guests have already looked online when they've called us, and some portion of those people may never call us. So online bookings have replaced phone calls. So that's the good news. We're still getting the bookings, but we don't have that opportunity to make that relationship that we have in the past. So when you do get a call, they're gold, and just know that there are other opportunities for you and other skills that are required maybe even a follow-up strategy and email management and online chat and those kinds of things we never thought of 10 years ago in this business if you've been around that long but that's not what this is so today we're going to attempt to share our unique approaches on the sales process and discuss topics and ideas of those left out in a lot of those presentations you see elsewhere so We're hoping for some pullover moments, and we do have very different approaches on this. I will say that Sarah and I probably disagreed on this more than anything we've come across, and that's good for you because we've tested each other, and we think this is whittled down pretty well. Yeah, so you can see who you side with. (laughs) But (laughs) I was going to say, too, with online bookings, Tim, what we're seeing is we have a lot more online bookings, but a lot of those people that book online call first. And so even though the reservationist might not be sealing the deal and the conversion might be down or they book at 10 o'clock that night, they do often want to talk to a reservationist. So it's still incredibly important that the phone call is spot on and they're ready to sell. Okay. So we have five, what are we calling them? Five foundations on this. So what's number one, Sarah? Okay. So number one I have to say Tim brought it up. I didn't, but it is number one. I can't believe I didn't write it down, which is the people. So often the conversation on this topic starts with how to sell. First, you better find people that love to sell. You can't just start in on the conversation about vacation planners saying, okay, go sell. 
you need to find those people that are thirsty to sell. And you know who they are. You can think of them right now. I read something on the Inc. website that said there's 13 characteristics of a salesperson. And, and my favorites of those are you need someone with a hunter's mentality. The discipline to follow up, that's a big one, right? You can't just start the sales process. You have to have that discipline. Go after them, almost to the point of bugging to get them to book. And then more of it, this is a good one on this list, is more of a consultant than a salesperson. Mm -hmm. Yes, you need someone hungry to close the deal. But in our industry, it really is a consultant, right, Tim? When someone says, let me just talk to you about your vacation versus please book Zephyr Mountain Lodge 2419. Okay, do you want to book it? You want to book it? It's like, no, talk to me about my vacation. Be my consultant. Be my buddy and, and know me. And then my other, fa my last favorite on that list was they must have empathy. They must have true empathy and not be fake. So when someone says, well, my mom had cancer and we're all going on this trip because she's finally cancer free. You got to find someone that truly feels that for them and doesn't say, oh, awesome. Okay. Do you want Zephyr 2419? Um, so those four are so big for the people. And Tim, tell us, of course, you're great at hiring. How do you find that person? Of course, we just had the hiring episode where we talked about some of the ways you can find people. One of the things we left out of that that goes back to this is look for people who are currently employed. You have opportunities every day to come in contact with people who give great service. They may not be in the vacation rental business, but when you come across somebody that you can tell has those qualities you just described, Sarah, have business cards in your pocket and don't make it overt, but say, hi, my name is Tim. If you ever decide to change industries, I'd appreciate you calling me first because I think I have a job for you. I find this particularly with service staff, like in restaurants, waiters, waitresses, very in tune to this whole mindset you were just talking about, Sarah. And I've come across several over time. Some have called me, some have not. Actually, I had a daughter of somebody who I gave a business card to five years ago come in for a job one time. She said, my mom told me, that I should come and talk to you because you gave her your business card. So that's one of my best tricks. That's good stuff. I'm thinking of one person at our company who she's she was in pharmaceutical sales for a long time, and now she's working with us. And she said, I don't have to bug doctors anymore. People <laughs> just call me, and they are excited to go on vacation. And then the way she describes how much she loves the pursuit you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then when she gets so excited about a big booking, you can see it in certain people and you can definitely see that other people run away from that. Mm -hmm. It's not a negative that someone doesn't want to sell. It's just they shouldn't be a vacation planner. Do you agree? I do. I think that's great. So the people, yeah. critical. I have a challenge for you if you don't mind. You talked about the ink. Um, magazine article you came across? How about let's po uh, post that on our web on our uh, Facebook page so people can get okay. a link to that if you can. But when you talk about ink, you know that's close to my heart. Marcus Lemonis, do you know that name off the cuff? I don't. He has a show on MSNBC called The Prophet, and he has been to numerous ink magazine conferences where he's been a speaker. If you 
Google Marcus Limonis. I think there's a YouTube video where you'll see yours truly interviewed by Marcus Limonis, where I had the opportunity a couple of years ago at the Inc. 5000 conference to actually be interviewed for Marcus for a show that he did. And the thing he talks about, this is a long-winded way to get to what I'm going to, and that is he says a great business has three things, people, process, and product. And so we've talked about product ad nauseum on this broadcast. We've talked about people now, and the other is process, and you certainly heard that as well. So successful companies have the three Ps, people, process, and product. And you just talked about, again, one of the cornerstones of this episode is people. And so I'm sure you can only guess what the next subject is going to be. Item two it would fit into process, and that's budgeting and measuring. So Moving right into that, number two, you can measure or you can answer, I guess I should say, all day these calls. But if your team doesn't know how many reservations they need to have a successful year, you are aimlessly running down a path every day. So you need to have goals. Surprise, whether it be team goals for the month, the week, the day. Put them up on a scoreboard and keep track of it and then measure those goals. Set expectations for whatever it is, whether it be conversions from leads to bookings or number of, if you record your calls, maybe you grade calls. Whatever that measurement is that you're going to have as a team, make sure you have it there and you measure. How about this whole thing about measurement and budgeting, Sarah? Yeah, well, I am going to post another thing on Facebook, which is a picture of our reservation room, in case you guys want to see it. We found this really cool, like, silver whiteboard material, and we covered an entire wall with it. And on there, we have our goals for the week, we have our goals for the month, all that, the numbers and things. Mm -hmm. But we also have an entire section on what we call the red hots. And so we've listed all the properties that maybe aren't doing as well as we would hope they're doing. And then we have different areas where we're putting what are the deals we're offering right now or what are things to remember or four reasons why you should buy travel insurance. I feel strongly that you need to put those up on the wall, not just in an email, Mm -hmm. not just in an Excel spreadsheet, but post these for everybody to see and easy for the vacation planners to look over and see how are we doing to our goals because it is motivating to these people. Remember what I said, these people have a hunter's mentality. They're competitive. They want to know what they're supposed to do. I've seen a lot of great examples of those kinds of walls and boards you're talking about. I saw something really cool last year, which was news to me. Maybe you all already know about this, but they sell a paint that you can actually paint a wall and make it into a big dry erase board. I yes. thought that was the coolest thing ever. Back to our decor episode. That's a very <laughs> neat thing to do, even in a property. Yeah, well, and you... then people can write their notes, their comments and quotes. And mm-hmm. so that's it's easy to do. Anybody can do that on any wall. Well, and we talk to so many different people on this podcast. Some are just going, are you crazy? I could never do that. But there's something you could do at whatever level you're on. If you're on a grander scale than we are, maybe you have big screen TVs in the reservations room or on the smaller scale. Maybe it's an Excel spreadsheet and you put a piece of paper up on the wall every day. There's something you can do that rewards the behavior and then sets the goal so everybody's on the the same train, head in the right direction. Yeah. And speaking of measuring goals, one way to do that is a coaching goal, and that is scoring calls. If, if any of you don't know what scoring calls means, because it's talked about a lot in our industry, 
is you need to regularly listen to your reservationist calls. As I learned, when Tim called in to us, it's not always our reservationists that are answering the phone. So you need to listen to anybody that's answering the phone. Make sure that that call and those calls are going well. And just into the coaching topic, and, and you have so much to share with this, Tim, and we want to keep it to 30 minutes. But when I first listened to calls, it was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. I thought we were doing fine listening to the one side. And when you listen to the other side, it's not a time to bash your staff or say, I can't believe they said that. But it points out little nuances that your staff are saying on the phone that you might not even realize was a misunderstanding they had or maybe a way that they're not hearing the guest or these non-negotiables that many of us have. After a while, maybe they get a little lazy with that or they don't understand why they should ask where the guest is from or something like that. So coaching, listening to calls and coaching and doing it regularly, not once every six months, I think is probably the most important foundation we're discussing today. What do you think, Tim? You're right on it, as usual. I remember the first time we started recording calls. And again, I remember when I had a business that fit into one office and there were four of us in there. And so even before we started listening to calls, I listened to calls, if you get my drift. Literally, I was eight feet away from the reservations agent when she was taking the call. So she got immediate feedback on every call. So if you're a very small operator like some of you are out there and express to us that some of these ideas are over your head, believe me, you grade calls whether you do it officially or not. But I remember the first time we started recording and grading calls, and I heard that so-and-so said such and such. And I'm like, oh, there's no way she said that. You're not telling the truth. And then I listened to the call and went, oh, my God, she said so-and-so. <laughs> and so it wasn't her fault. She wasn't trained properly. And so that's what you have to – that's the approach you have to have. You can't blame the person. They are your standard. And so you need to change your standard if you're not hearing what you want to hear out there. Yeah, and I also think when they listen to themselves, they're their worst critic. Mm-hmm. But a couple, you know, there's lots of non-negotiables. I think, Tim, you have nine. I do. We have seven. Talking about a few of those, and then we will post this on Facebook too, but there's a lot of non-negotiables you can have. When I call Tim, they have a non-negotiable, I believe, of explaining the difference of Outer Banks Blue versus the other companies, and the agent was right on. She said that, and I noticed it, you know, and so you have, but if you're not, scoring calls all the time, that agent could eventually stop saying it and forgetting to say it or moving on. So that's what's important. A couple three areas that are not a couple three areas I really like to listen for is naturally connecting with the guest. Mm-hmm. Stop typing. I think our agents can be so busy and then the phone's ringing and let's keep this moving. They don't just stop typing and listen to what the guest is saying and saying, Oh, okay. You're coming from Colorado. You've never been here before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me more about what your group wants. Gosh, guys, that gets you so many more bookings when you do that. And then does the agent recommend the property? It's a hard one. We still struggle with it, even though we've worked on it and worked on it. That they recommend a property. Tell me you like this. Okay. I want to know what you think the person wants to be led And then asking for the sale is also a very tough one for many of us because we just, 
you know, it's kind of an awkward thing to say, Tim, are you ready to go? Let's go ahead and book that for you. Mm -hmm. feels pushy. And then also explaining the area. I think we both felt that when we called each other's companies this week, Tim, you don't know anything about Winter Park and I don't know anything about that or banks. And you have to put yourself in that guest mindset and you have to think, they have no idea where Kitty Hawk is versus Doc. What is Doc? Mm -hmm. I don't even know. <laughs> tell me. Tell me what. Tell me where things are. Ask me about my group and find out where I might want to be. And all of a sudden, you've got this guest. And they said, this person knows about this area. I'm booking with them. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, a couple of things to jump in on there. Number one, connecting with the caller. It, it's critical. And I, again, kudos to your gal when I called. The first question she asked me, my name is so-and-so. May I get your name, please? What am I going to say? No. So <laughs> immediately I gave her a name. I didn't give her my real name, but I, I gave her a name, and then we had a connection. And so we went through the process, and it was clear that she had inventory knowledge. That was another thing that was important to me. And she was working to earn the right to ask for that sale which is really important in this process. And then mm -hmm. the other thing I will say about recommendations, just not to say you're wrong or anything, I, th I support what you're saying, but you need to make sure that it is a heartfelt recommendation. I had one particular agent who, oh, yes, that's one of my favorite properties, no matter what property <laughs> they were talking about. And I had to remind them, they can't all be your favorite property. It just comes off as disingenuous after a while. So if they know the inventory and they listen to the guest, what they might be able to say and be earnest about it is, well, Miss Bradford, based on what you've told me, I think this is a very good choice. That's a good way to do it. And I agree with you. I think it needs to be heartfelt. So let's say you and I are looking at three properties and the guest says, okay, which one do you think? I mean, hopefully you have one you recommend. Mm -hmm. I am not at all opposed and I applaud when the reservation agent says, oh, I got to tell you, I would pick 2419. That's my favorite. That has a lot of, it has a lot of, uh, I don't know, it just, it makes me want to book that one. What do you think about that? Because I know that some owners get very sensitive about like that. You're going to recommend a different one? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, it is. And you want to make sure you're not being tested by a particular owner, <laughs> right? So in the case of the gal I was speaking to at your company, we talked about two properties, and then it was it was really interesting how it was set up, the third property. Oh, oh, 2315 is available. I didn't think this one was going to be available. This one has everything you're looking for, sir. So, again, it may, it may have just been a line that you taught her, but... To me, it came across heartfelt, and it was like, oh, goody for me. That one's available. So just another thought. Yeah, this is uh, back to the decor episode. If you have good properties and you're excited about them, your agents can get excited about them too. Right. If you don't, it's pretty hard to go, that one looks like 1967. You should definitely book that. I actually really, said that right? on one. Uh, we were going through, and I said, boy, that TV is really small in the master bedroom. She's like, well, yeah. <laughs> so, See, the pictures don't lie. So, so that's All number right. three coaching. We better move along because we're running out of time here, lady. Number four is online chat, the new frontier. So we've talked about the whole online thing. Have you been to a site recently and not had one of those chat boxes pop up 
a lot of uh, attention has been given this. You need to make sure you've trained your staff how to chat. It is a very different medium than email where you get a chance to use spell check and review it. Or as I like to say, read, reread, and re-re-read before you hit uh, send. Telephone, obviously very different. So there's a couple of really big points here to consider. One is response time. Guests expect that you are standing there and you are ready to respond and you have been waiting for this chat all day. And if you don't, they are out of there. So do you have somebody available at all times? Do they type quickly? And do they know how to respond to keep their notes short and keep the chatter focused and at a minimum? And then you also have these things. uh, Point two might be an auto intro. And I think you've used this, Sarah. Yes, this has been a, a another game changer for us. I'm very excited about online chat. I don't know if my staff is because they're <laughs> constantly hearing this noise like bing, and then they have to stop everything they're doing right. and type with these people that have no patience. But we, since we changed our auto intro to say, welcome to Steamboat Lodging Company, please type in your email in case we get disconnected or something like that. The guest is typing it in about, I'd say, 70% of the time on the chat. So if we did run to the bathroom and forgot to turn off the chat, at least we have their email to reach out to them. And then even if we are chatting with them and they drop off somehow, we can follow up. So strongly encourage you to to add an intro that says to type the email. It's working. Okay. Good. All right. I'm going to go to number five. Right. Exactly. Okay. To number five, incentives and motivation. If you don't have good reservationists, vacation planners, whatever you call them, you don't have bookings. And if you don't have bookings, I mean, come on, you got nothing, like I said. So incentives are a key to everything you do with these reservationists. And by incentives, we could mean money. We could mean, Tim, you have some other exciting ideas about the million, million dollar club. I want to hear about that. Okay. But these people, if you remember the 13 characteristics we were talking about, I point out four or five of them. They are motivated people. They want to achieve a goal and they want to see the reward. So you, I've talked to some other companies that don't do any incentives to their reservation staff and I can't get behind that, that bus. What do you think? Well, we are titling this the four foundations. It is the capstone, the cornerstone, the basis of your company. If you don't treat those folks properly, how can you even move to the next level? So incentives are absolutely key to all of this that we've talked about. Rules are different in different states about what you can and can't do, but showing appreciation does not necessarily translate into money. So I just think you need to treat your folks like gold all the time, but celebrate them when you can. And so there are a lot of clear ways that you can reward. Obviously, money is one of them. That's not legal in every state, so be careful about what you do. You can't have, for instance, in North Carolina, you can't pay a commission of any sort to an unlicensed real estate person. So like a reservation sales agent, can't be on commission unless they have a real estate license. But that doesn't mean you can't give them time off or clothing. Sarah mentioned the Million Dollar Club. Chuckle here, you know, in real estate sales, they used to celebrate that I'm a member of the Million Dollar Club. I've sold a million dollars in real estate. Now, in Sarah's market, that would mean you would sell, what, one quarter of one house? Very funny. (laughs) Is that about what you get for a million dollars out there? But but seriously. 
That's true. Yeah. A million dollar club would just be that you have a nice home for your small family. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you're not the most successful real estate sales agent in the world if you were in the million dollar club. But as a reservation sales agent, if you've booked a million dollars in business, you've had a hell of a year. And so we actually have clothing. We have a jacket, the million dollar club jacket, and it is coveted by those people who have earned that and worn about town and is something of pride. So that's just one little example of how you can incentivize and and show appreciation. But the key is making sure not only you show it, but the whole company does. And the last thing on this is unless if you've not taken reservations and spent time on the phone, you need to get on the phone and understand how it feels. It's exhausting. They do it every day and they are booking for you. So make sure you are continually showing them the love. All right. So we need to go to not so hot off the presses, but definitely happening. Tim, can you tell us about that? And then we'll sum it up. I can. Yes. Uh, One thing before we do that, though, we realize we did not touch on a whole segment that some of you are probably going, but wait a minute, you forgot the electronic communication, email, autoresponders, texting, all that. That's coming to you in another episode. But as for N-S-H-O-P-B-D-H, <laughs> we have another slight twist on this one for you. And this goes back to our friend Steve Milo. We almost made it through a whole broadcast without saying his name, but we didn't. Uh, <laughs> so, we didn't say Amy Hino. Oh, I just oh, said it. No, stop it. We're not going to say that other name either. So Steve Milo, the owner of V-Trips and has infamous presentations now at the VRMA and there was one just a couple of weeks ago at VRM Intel and he's been all around giving this basically same talk titled for lack of a better word unfiltered look at OTAs and so Steve is in the mode again of doing this matter of fact as this broadcast is being dropped he's probably on his way overseas to speak at the uh, European VRMA and he's going to again look at this whole OTA thing and he has approached us and said I would love to get some unfiltered data about what your listeners are experiencing with third-party OTAs. So we have a request slash challenge for you. If you look at our website, c to ski with Sarah and t.com or our Facebook page, you will find a link there that will take you to a survey where we promise it's not too long. I think it's no more than 15 questions. You should be able to get through it in less than 10 minutes. Certainly, uh, my uh, attention span is only about five, so that was big for us to keep it short. But we want to know what's happening out there with you. And Steve would like to have the data for his presentation, and we will look at the data as well and come back and do a podcast in the future on that. So how's that? Sounds great. I encourage everybody to participate. This is how we can learn from each other and really get a picture of what's going on in our industry. So, Tim, let's wrap it up. Yes. What are the, I think we're saying five foundations. Five foundations. Number one is the people. Remember I said my friend Marcus Lamonis talks about people, process, and product. It always starts with people. Get people who love to sell. Get the right butts in the seats. Okay. (laughs) Number two is measuring. You cannot motivate a salesperson if there's no measuring and no goals. Put them on the wall. Make sure everybody knows. Coaching is number three. We all know you should listen to calls. How often do you do it? 
do you do it, and then what sort of feedback do you get to improve your team? And number four, we'll get into this more in a new, another podcast about electronic communication, but online chat is hot right now, and you need to make sure your staff know how to chat quickly, effectively, and make sure you're getting their email address. And number five is really kind of a cheat. It's two and one, and that's incentives and motivation. Make sure you're showing the appreciation back to your folks. Set some goals, and when they break them, make sure you reward them, whether it be individual team-wise or other. I think incentives and motivation are another of the five foundations of a great reservation sales process. All right, and remember, if you just move the dial up 1% of your conversions, that's a lot of money to your company. So this is worth spending time on. I think that sums it up, Tim. Great job, Sarah, as usual. Look forward to speaking to you again next time. Okay, bye, everybody. So long. Thank you for listening to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, professional vacation rental managers podcast brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sound. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website, See to Ski with SarahNT.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as provide them feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on See to Ski with Sarah and T.